Ahaha. Good morning. Good morning. What's poppin', ladies and gentlemen? How we doing? What's happening? What's happening? It's a great day. Talk about some video games. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be uh it's gonna be a nice eventful day, if I may. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to y'all for joining me. And of course Christian on the crosser. Kevin Mack in the chat. What it do? What's poppin', my man? This is the official pre-show of the uh, PlayStation Source podcast, Cross Circle. Hope y'all, hope hope y'all enjoying. Um, how was everyone's weekend? How's everyone's weekend doing? How are things going? How's the family? How's the kids? Let me know. You know, as we uh, get set up and get links spread out across the multiverse to our beloved podcast. You know. But uh, let me know. Let me know how how everyone's weekend's going. How is how is everyone doing? How we doing? How we living? Are we okay? Are we alright? Are the people fed? Things fed? I'll tell you something. All right. I started a little game. Um, I I I uh, so I have been playing through the Borderlands series, right? Just to be in preparation for Borderlands three. I've gone through the first game. I've gone through the second game. I've gone through the pre-sequel as well. And now I'm on to Tales from the Borderlands made by uh, Telltale Games. And let me let me tell you something. I'm two episodes in. I am thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying that game. Thoroughly enjoying it. Very, very good game. I'm definitely liking it. I'm definitely enjoying it for sure. It's been a real treat. I also finished my friend Pedro. Uh, on switch thought the game was okay you know i thought it was all right you know wasn't 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 the greatest but uh you know it was it was you know it was all right it was all right you know it was all right you know what i'm saying but uh, i just felt that like I, I i i didn't have the control i thought i would have um you know what i'm saying in the game i don't know it just it just it just felt kind of weird but I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But I did I did play a little bit more in bed even after I beat the game. I just thought it was just alright, you know. But let me know what games you're playing. As I share links here. Also make sure to subscribe to our podcast services we are on a multitude of different podcast services make sure to go check out those if you feel worthy you know you, you know what even if you may not be worthy why not subscribe you know what i'm saying if you uh if you like because i know me you know me personally i love podcasts right i follow a lot of podcasts uh and i like consuming audio format in a podcast format so that's just me but i'm waiting for the old call from Christian. Uh, so we're just doing that. Still trying to platinum Days Gone. Ooh, okay. I do have a Days Gone video coming out this week. I do have one coming out this week. Um, it's a it is a it is a live commentary uh, playthrough of something. So get hyped for that. It's recorded. Not sure when it'll go live, but it will. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Hello. Is that is that the boy? Hello. What's happening? What's up? Wait, can you scream for me real quick? 
Scream? Never mind. We're good. Yeah. Okay. I did say Scream. I just wanted to make sure your uh, levels were going on OBS and that you were streaming the audio. So. Christian is here. I Get hype, ladies and gentlemen. What's... I pulled the cat out of the room. One second. You have a cat? I got two cats. You have two well, cats? That's hype. Technically, technically, they're my sister's cats. Ah, I see. But I just helped her move out. Ah. Uh, she will be taking them. Oh. A handful of days. The cats are leaving. That's tragic. Yeah. That's that's a tragedy. Can you, let me let me let me get the F in the chat for some cats leaving. That's that's horrible. But uh, you you go let the cats out. I'll still keep chatting to the to the chat. That's a big rip for the cats. That's a big R.I.P. That's a big R.I.P. If I may. But uh, yeah. Wait, what was I saying? I was saying something before we started. I forgot what I was saying. What the hell was I saying? Uh, I forgot my whole train of thought. What was I saying? I think I have dementia. I think I'm dying. Probably not, but. Oh, I was talking about podcast services. Yeah, so make sure to subscribe to our podcast services. There's an anchor link down below that will link you to all the other platforms that we are on via Anchor. So you can go do that. And, shout uh, out to Anchor. Yeah, shout out to Anchor. And I also have a Days Gone video. I see Kevin Mack in the chat still playing Days Gone. I have a Days Gone video incoming. Now, uh, Christian, we do have to talk about next week, which probably Fine. is a offline – I will be out of town. Okay. Um, so we're going to have to – if we okay. need to pre-record the episode, I am fine with that. We will we will okay. prevail, but – We can figure something out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all good. No worries. No worries. But uh, 1226. I, I got to pull up late chat. Late chat. Late chat. Kevin Max says, smoking, smoking too much pot. For me, forgetting what I was talking about before Christian came in here. Interesting. Interesting notion. Oh, um, that you are. Yes, yes. That 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 I am like Stephen A. Smith says, off the weed. Stay off the weed. The reference that's lost on me at the moment. Oh, it's oh it's really funny. Stephen A. Smith is hilarious. He's on ESPN and uh oh, right, okay. I only know uh it's Skip Bayless, right? He's on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Skip yeah. is funny. Skip is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> shout um, out, shout out, baby D in the chat. What's happening, bro? How you doing? How you doing? Hello, everybody. Now, um, oh no, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say that as we used to do on the show, we used to usually open with like what we're playing and stuff. But I feel like that's moved to pre-show now. It is pretty much pre-show. Yeah, pretty much pre-show. Uh, I platinumed Crash Bandicoot two. Can I get some claps in the chat for my boy Christian here doing that platinum game? Much. So two years ago, I platinumed Crash Bandicoot in the Insane Trilogy. Mm -hmm. And it nearly killed me. I hated that. I hate, 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 hate Crash Bandicoot 1. It is not a good video game. Mm. Crash 2. I've said this before. Crash 2 is my favorite Crash Bandicoot game on the PlayStation 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, had an all right time. There was only like one or two levels where I wanted to like pull my hair out. Mm. Mm. But other than that, I see. Wasn't too bad. I see. Congratulations on your platinum. That's my twentieth platinum. Beautiful. Congratulations. I have been uh, playing two games. I beat one. My friend Pedro. 
Um, you can see a thread on my Twitter of my uh, mm-hmm. concise thoughts on there, but I'll kind of just recap. Uh, you know, it's fun. You know, it is an enjoy. It is a weird story. It's a bit tacky. You know what I'm saying? I feel like there's a lot of jokes in there that like didn't hit as hard. You know, as like I think they were intending. But uh-huh. uh, overall, you know, it was a pretty good game. You know, very very run the mill. I wouldn't say it's bad. I will say that like you know it was just it was it was kind of just a game. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I, I'm not head over heels over it. You know what I'm saying? But what I am head over heels for, head head over heels for, is a little episodic game called Tales from the Borderlands. Let me tell you, I am thoroughly enjoying this. Thor- I'm good. like, I'm like, this is what I'm looking for. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the content I was looking for. You know. The only thing that would make that game more of a ten. Is if Chris Hardwick wasn't in it. Wait, I'm on episode two. No, you know who he is. He's Vaughn. Ah, wait, he's Chris Hardwick. Yeah, that that's you know the, the voice actor. Yeah, I don't know why they got him. Wait, wow, wait, are you serious? Yeah. Wow, are I didn't Vaughn realize the nerdy dude with the glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. one I didn't know it was him. Yeah. I mean. I hate how I can spot Nolan North from like a mile away in in Rio at this point. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He's um August in the right. game. Yeah. Uh but I am I mean, like Troy Baker too. He's in Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Troy is um my forgetting the main character's name. God, I'm an idiot. Reese. Reese, thank you, Reese. Yeah. Fiona is the other one. Yeah. Laura Bailey's character. Yeah, uh-huh. Fiona's Laura Bailey. Yeah. So far, I am liking it a lot. You know, I liked how there was Scooter in episode two. Big fan of Scooter. Catch a ride. You know what I'm saying? See, I I like Reese a lot because he's just kind of a scumbag, and I I'm real bummed that uh, Troy Baker isn't in Borderlands Three. Yeah. When they showed Borderlands Three and it was that reveal, I was like, oh my god, that's Reese. They're making tales like more canon than it already is. Right. And then come to find out, you know, it's like, hey, we hired Chris Hardwick again, but not Troy Baker. It's like that's fine. a bit upsetting. A bit upsetting. I hope they kind of. Um, I don't know if they can. Uh, you know, double back I mean, at I, this point, but I doubt it at this point because, like, that other guy made the announcement. like, "Hey, I'm playing Reese now. I'm yeah. a big fan of Baker's work, so like, uh-huh. I, it would feel, feel kind of crappy to." Do yeah, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, Baby D brings up in the chat before we get started on the episode uh, a game called Judgment. I know you were pretty uppy up on it. You know, I, I believe you're yeah. a uh, Yakuza fan to a degree, right? So yeah, so I've been meaning to play Yakuza Zero forever. Is it Yakuza or Yakuza? Am I saying it wrong? Or is it just, I, does it really matter? Does it really I, matter? I, there's definitely a proper way to do it. I have always said Yakuza. Hmm. And I know the people from Easy Allies that love that series, I, I trust how they would pronounce it because they love it so much. They right. call it Yakuza. Okay, I'm not I'm not saying I'm right at all. Yeah. I was just asking a question. Right, okay. I like, I know Greg calls it Yakuza. Yeah, I've heard Yakuza. Forever, I've heard most people just call it Yakuza instead of Yakuza, but I guess if it's phonetically correct with Yakuza, you know that 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 makes sense. Yeah. You know? but. Uh, I'm I want to get to Judgment. I want to play through Yakuza Zero first because I just I bought it like three months ago and I just haven't touched it. Um, Judgment, I think I may pick up around Black Friday because it's something that I've heard great things about. 
mm-hmm. and the aspect of being a detective in that game sounds way cool and really interesting to me personally, just kind of based on the stuff that I like. But um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to trying Judgment eventually. I see, I see, I see. But, but uh, yeah, I think this week I'm gonna just keep working on uh, Tales in the Borderlands. It's 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 my night game. It's my like, all right, I get home from work, you know, let's get under the sheets, let's route the HDMI to my big screen. And set up my setup, and let's just, you know, just make some decisions, you know? Definitely you know what my night game is? What is your night game, sir? Super Mario Maker 2. Mmm, mmm. Is that, is is that what you want to touch on before you uh, before we took the podcast? You wanna... Yeah, games of delight. I love it so much. I've made three levels. I made one with my girlfriend last night. We made, like, a spooky ghost house thing. Uh, it's cool. I'm a big fan of the game. It's incredibly intuitive for making levels. Mm-hmm. Um... I found it easiest to just take the Joy-Con off and just have the tablet and then use my finger to make levels. Right, right. That's the easiest way I found to do it. Um, it's faster than using a controller. I see, but I see. Already there's so many amazing levels that people put up there. Um, it's probably the best. Honestly, if you if you want a Mario game, right, like this is it. This is the one to buy. This is it, know? Chief. This is this is the one. Oh, absolutely. This is it. Because like people are probably gonna end up remaking Mario games just in this engine and this right. tool set because it's that accurate to how Nintendo makes the game. I might I might pick it up because there is a game on the uh, list that we will go over in the episode that is coming out this week that I am very excited for, specifically for Switch. But I might pick up Mario Maker too. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. If you're if you haven't played a ton of 2D Mario, I think this is absolutely a fantastic thing to pick up. Even if you not if you don't plan on touching the creative, creative tools, stuff, right, right. There's a hundred levels made by Nintendo oh. in a story mode. I was not aware of that. There's a, yeah, it's a full blown campaign okay. essentially. Ooh, okay. Where that, that definitely changes things. Okay, I see. Like it starts off, uh, you're rebuilding princess peach's castle and then it gets reset so the campaign is toad gives you a hundred different job listings where you collect coins in the jobs and you get Ah. rewarded with coins for doing the jobs then you put those coins into rebuilding the castle so that way once you like finish all 100 levels you have princess peach's big nice better than ever castle i see i see and there's some really very very creative some of the most creative Nintendo level design I've seen out of the Mario series since I was like been alive because <laughs> it gets really weird with some of the stuff and it mm. gets very non Nintendo in a very good way. So I really can't recommend it enough if you have a switch and just have like even the slightest interest in it. Okay. I think you sold me. I think, yeah. I think you have sold me, but uh... plus, I mean like it's going to be pretty endless. Like people are going to be true. making levels and nothing for years to come. So that is true. That is true. I think you know what you really did sell me. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. And if you want to see it in action, uh, I know Andy has streamed a bunch. Andy, has, yeah, I saw him raging at some Twitter videos. Yeah. But let's yeah. get right into the intro, shall we? Go for it. Chia. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cross Circle, the official podcast for PlayStation Source. I'm your moderator, Christian Buckley, here for episode 43, joined by Kevin Diaz. 
What's happening? How you doing? How was your weekend, sir? How was your weekend? How you doing? Uh, how was my weekend? <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know. It went by fast, I feel like. It did. Um, it did. Mine, uh, I went out for the first time, you know. Uh, oh, that was nice. interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, very, very fun time. You know, mm. that's that stories for probably a different podcast, a different discord chat, if I may. <laughs> That'll be for a different time. But mm-hmm. yeah, got some good games we're playing. We talked about that in the pre-show. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So shout out. So we've talked about this last week. Summer seems like it's going to be pretty backlog heavy for me, at least. I mm-hmm. think for you as well. Yes. Yes. There are other games coming out later this year, though, that deserve some hype. Absolutely. And we touched on it a little bit last week because we talked about our game of the year so far. Um, So that was a good discussion if you're interested in what we think the best games of 2019 are at this point. But now, we're post E3. We, We pretty much know most if not all of the big games coming out this year. Yeah, I'm going to say we know, like, it's going to be interesting if we have anything of substance, of, like, you know, massive caliber of a game coming out in 2019 that we don't know of. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, part two, sorry, guys, it's over. It's over. You know what I'm saying? Check yeah. out check out Road to Part 2, our weekly Last of Us series, but uh, RIP to that dream of it being in 2019 but, like, but at the same time oh my if it know, were oh. to be announced for 2019 <laughs> i would not be surprised i would be shocked because i don't think they would put death training and last was part two next to each other at all man they have put some stuff back to back in the past i mean they, they have put stuff out on the same day in the past i mean that recently feel like they don't care recently they have done dreams and days gone we're very close to each other obviously dreams not as high of a caliber game as days gone and even days gone to its own credit, not even at a high caliber as of like Last of Us, but you know, right? Yeah, we'll see. So, what we're gonna do today is have a discussion about the games we're looking most forward to, and this is interesting because earlier in the year we made a list about our most anticipated games for 2019. We did that in, in January. I think that was our first episode of the year. I think it was January. Yeah, that one's a that's an interesting episode to look back on. Yeah, so again, we talked about it a little bit last week, if you're interested in hearing about what our up-to-date thoughts were. But now, post-E3, like I said, we know what's coming, so I think it's time to update and have a discussion about Absolutely. what games are going to be the biggest games, at least for us, for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, Kevin. Yes. I have something I want to tell you. Okay. Please, sir. Listen, this is a circle of trust. I, we don't... We don't discriminate here in the chat. I don't want to see no slander on what he's about to say. Okay, just just okay. let just let let the man speak. So originally, okay. I texted you. You did. The plan was five oh. each. You, indeed. I listed my five. Uh oh. And then I was like, hey, I have a couple that I don't want to put on here, but I'm gonna put an honorable honorable mentions. Right. I ended up having five honorable mentions. Hmm. So I have 10 total, essentially. Interesting. Interesting. So I could either rattle off those five or we could both do 10 or... I mean, I could think of 10 because they were they were playing... Because I also rebuttaled your text, if I may, and asked, mm-hmm. hey, are we talking about games that have a concrete 2019 date or just mm-hmm. we know of that are coming out as of right now? You know what I'm saying? So I'm sure I can conjure up five more that don't have a date. That, if you'd like, I can do that real Real quick, we could do like a massive top twenty list. 
you know? Yeah, sure. Let's go for it. Um, ten each. Okay. So, now that we're doing this officially, I'm swapping one out. Mmm. And I will switch the one I just swapped out to be an honorable mention, and I'll talk about it right now. Okay. Uh, so, my honorable mention is Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Wow. It was, again, it was originally going to be one of my shout-outs, which is now the top ten. But I have not had a great time with the Call of Duty game since Advanced Warfare. Oh, my God. Uh, Really? I'm in the minority there. I really enjoy Advanced Warfare. You are in the extreme minority, my guy. So, no, I'm not not talking Infinite Warfare, which I've heard is very good from omar my buddy he loves that campaign to death the campaign is good yeah he loves that campaign and he wants me to check it out and i plan on checking it out just because of the comparisons i've seen to like mass effect and stuff yeah but advanced warfare was the last time i fully loved a cod package altogether world war ii didn't play the campaign i got to like level 28 or 30 in the multiplayer right right and that was about it. I didn't really dig how they were made like that hub area, and it was like, yeah, a bunch of stuff. It was wonky. Yeah, it was a thing. Black, Black Ops, um, this Black generation, Ops both Black Ops this generation. I didn't really take a swing at. Mm, I, and, I I will stand by Black Ops Three is one of the best cods. See, I own it from that free thing. I just never got around to it, and I think when Black Ops Three came out, I was like burnt out on COD at that point. Right, 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 right. But Black Ops 1 is one of my favorites. Black Ops um, 1's a... Come on now, it's a banger. It's a banger. But with Modern Warfare... Modern Warfare, excuse me. Everything they've been saying about it has me curious to at least give it a shot because it seems like they have a vision now, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It's not just like, we're Call of Duty, we're making a Call of Duty. It's like, we're Call of Duty, so we're going to use that to tell a story that we want to tell. Right. You know? Right. Or presents present ideas to our players in a more structured way than we have in the past. Right, right, right. I see, I see. Or at least in a while. Yeah. And it's just refreshing. So I'm I'm looking forward to it for that reason. Yeah, Modern Warfare is on my list. You want me to just talk about Modern Warfare, I guess, since we're on the topic, I guess, you know? Yeah, sure. So okay. you, yeah. is it your number ten or is it in a different order? It so mine aren't in order, but okay, the okay, top that's fine. The top five are the original five, and then I gotcha. just add on five more. Okay. So, Call, so Modern Warfare was in my OG top five, in the original top five, right? So, I mean, I feel like it's almost odd to put Modern Warfare on the top five just because we still don't have gameplay of it yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that, I like, forgot about that. That's and I think point. that's just very odd. I'm like, man, like, how is it July? And it's coming out in October. And we don't have gameplay for it yet, as opposed to past years where we've gotten gameplay in literally May, and the game mm. wasn't out for November. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's a bit fishy, you know. But from the COD community that I listen to a lot, um, one of them being Drifter, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, T Martin as well, even though he hasn't gotten hands on yet. But uh, I've heard pretty good things about Modern Warfare when they've seen it behind closed doors, you know. And yeah. I think the biggest reason why I'm excited for Modern Warfare is because they have confirmed that like they have a brand new engine with this Modern Warfare. Yeah, that's that's a big yeah, deal too. Which originally in the past, if you guys aren't aware, um, the Call of Duty series have been has been built on a version of Quake en- uh, uh, on a version of Quake of of uh, the of the Quake engine that is modified every year by the studio that is making it that year. 
you know, to fit their needs and stuff like that. But this is the first time they're using a brand new from scratch engine. I think it took five years for them to make. Um, so it's been in development for a long time now. But I'm really, I'm excited to see what that engine can bring to the series, you know, as a whole. So uh, that's why it's on my list. You know what I'm saying? And from what we've seen so far, having a more darker, grittier series tone, I think that could lead to a really good single player. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think we'll get a really good story out of it. So we'll have to see. So that's why I'm a little bit more on the light end things. I do want to see gameplay of it. You know, I will keep that in mind. I still feel kind of uh, putting it on my top five uh, without there being gameplay. But that's what it is. You know, that's what it is. Very cool. If you if you'd like, I can move on to mine. One of my picks, if you'd like. Or if you want to list off something from your, yours or. Uh, so I'll do my number 10 since you just did 10. Okay. You're first on your ten. Yeah, I just want to shout out Modern Warfare because it is. I do have more interest in it than I would normally would for COD. That's right. 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 So this one I talked about on our E3 takeaway uh, podcast, and I want to make a correction because Mm. this is something I got wrong when I was talking about it. I'm still looking forward to it, but this is something that I was incorrect about. At this point in time, officially confirmed. Darksiders Genesis mm-hmm. is only strife and war. I thought we had all four horsemen av- available, mm. uh, like Fury and Death, but it's only strife and war. So the the fact that it's strife and war, and it's just those two, at least for now, they could surprise us later. Right. Um. I think it's going to make the game tighter, and the puzzles are going to be more custom built to the mechanics we have access to Mm -hmm. so if you're not familiar darksiders genesis is an upcoming spin-off of the darksiders series where you play as two of the horsemen of the apocalypse strife and war before the events of darksiders one the original game that started in a couple years 2000, like mid two thousands, I think. I I never played Dark. I know of Darksiders. I just I just never played a Darksiders game. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. So it's taking a different approach, and I think most of the Darksiders games have taken liberties with like the formula. There's no locked down formula for a Darksiders game at this point. But what Genesis is doing is they're making like a buddy cop co op game where it's a not necessarily isometric, but it's the camera view of something like a Diablo right. or a Lara Croft in the Temple of Osiris, where it's it's co-op based. It's traveling through dungeons and environments using your special abilities. Okay. It's it's kind of like God of War character action, but like from a more set perspective. You know how the original God of Wars mm-hmm. were like dynamically moving cameras, yeah, but yeah, still yeah. had that angle. Yeah. It's a little bit like that. Okay, I see. So I'm really looking forward to Genesis. It was one of my favorite things I saw out of E3 as right. far as the surprise goes. And um, I'm not I don't, I'm not sure if there's a set date on it yet, but it's a budget title. I think it's 40 bucks, And it just seems like it's going to be a good time. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to play that on Switch or on PS4? I, I think I might do it on Switch. I feel I can, like, yeah, I feel like it's a Switch game. You know what I'm saying? It seems like a very good Switch game uh, if I can, like lock down somebody to co-op it with and uh also worth mentioning it is the same I'll team that developed oh, okay <laughs> uh it's the same team that made battle chasers night war which i guess was like a pretty 
all right game on the Switch. It was like kind of a MOBA, but not really. And I think it's on PS4 now. Okay. But we have a, a track record, positive track record. So there we go. There we go. Forward to it. Deal. My first one I did on on the top five. There's no particular order, mm-hmm. you know, on this. So I'm just gonna just name off games with no order. You know what I'm saying? But the first one I had here was Wolfenstein Youngblood coming out later this month. Very soon. Yeah, very. I think it's July 25th or 26th, something like that. Uh, but definitely, I'm a big Wolfenstein fan. I love the story of it. And um, what's it, so like the so this is like the second kind of offshoot side DLC game they've they've done with the original Wolfenstein that came out, I believe in 2015. Uh, they did Old Blood. Right. I forgot when the reboot Wolfenstein series started. Um, you know, with Bethesda and Machine Games, but uh, uh, they did old. What? Technically, uh, the first Wolfenstein game on the current gen uh-huh. was actually a sequel to a Wolfenstein reboot that happened last gen. You're joking. I don't know if you knew that. No, I'm, I know that. I'm pretty sure that's true. Wait, what was the other one called? I think it was just called Wolfenstein. But it was like slightly different tone. Like it was kind of a soft reboot. Was it by Machine Games too? I'm not sure, but I don't think it did as well. Huh. Clearly, if we're questioning it. Interesting. But sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Well, uh, nonetheless, you know, obviously I'm not an expert in Wolfenstein, but I did uh, enjoy, you know, Wolfenstein and then uh, Wolfenstein the New Colossus uh, and stuff like that. And it seems like with the with the Youngblood DLC, it, it being about uh, the kids of BJ, you know, at this point, uh, we left off Wolfenstein 2 with her being pregnant the whole game and stuff like that. So it's really cool to see that, like, now those kids are birthed. Birthed? Birthed? Mm-hmm given birth, whatever. Uh, and they're out and they're on a mission to save BJ, you know, born. Bo- Dang. That is what we are at today. People. Wow. Yeah. It's one of those days. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> so the kids are born <laughs> and, uh, they're on a mission to save BJ, you know, um, in a, in a 60s, 70s, 80s type of, uh, time genre, where the Nazis won, right? So we get to see that outlook of that era from a Nazi winning World War II perspective. So it's going to be really cool. It's going to be really, really cool. Um, I can't wait for it. And uh, I'll definitely be playing that at the end of July for sure. And it, and it seems pretty integral, you know, because if they're going to continue – because I assume Wolfenstein 3 – well, I guess there's a possibility. But I don't think Wolfenstein 3 will take place right after Wolfenstein 2 – if they're laying down the foundation for this game and this game is taking place when the uh, you know kids of BJ are older and they're more experienced and they're out there doing stuff and everything. So I feel like Wolf of Sand 3 will take place after Youngblood if they're laying down this much foundation and this much groundwork, you know what I'm saying, for yeah. it. So I feel like it's much more integral to play this as opposed to Old Blood, which is more of like a side type of thing where uh, zombies, you know, and stuff like that. So it was very much like not really integral to the mainline story. But this seems definitely more integral to the overall plot of the game that 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 they're trying to tell so it seems necessary if you're a wolfenstein fan you know which i like so yeah very cool that is what it is yep yep uh number nine for myself is one that's uh been a little bit uh controversial the past couple weeks among like the hardcore fan community for it uh pokemon sword and shield you see now i don't can you quickly recap the controversy? Because, yeah. like, I, I've seen, I haven't really read into it or know fully the whole intricacies of this 
outrage, but yeah, yeah. What is happening? What is happening? So Pokemon as a series is notable for its large number of monsters where the original games had 151. Usually each generation, they add about a hundred, give or take. Um, and something that's been very unique to Pokemon is if say I had a game boy, Right. With the original cartridge from 1996 of Pokemon Red. Okay. And I had a Charizard in that game. I would be able to transfer that Charizard to the next generation and the next generation onto the Game Boy Advance, then through that onto the DS, then 3DS. Now we're going to be able to over the Switch through an app. But some people who have had Pokemon say since game boy advance right in a generation that isn't as well known maybe generation three has some pokemon that the average pokemon fan may not know um so i don't know how game freak the studio behind the pokemon games is deciding what pokemon make it or break it hmm but uh not all of the close to, I think, 900 Pokemon now will be available to be held in game, even if you have had them since like 2003. So and that's where the outrage is in. So, I mean, have they said which Pokemon are going to be able to be yeah. trent? They haven't even said that. So they've no, said but it's like pretty clear that like, like the the iconic ones are going to be there, like. I'm sure all the legendaries are going to be able to be transferred. Right. I'm pretty sure all the starters are going to be able to be transferred. Um, like, I would be shocked if all 150 of the original Pokemon don't get thrown in there. Right. Um, but there's definitely going to be some cuts. And, like, the thing is there, wow. it's like, every Pokemon could be somebody's favorite Pokemon. So, like, that's where some of the betrayal comes in and the fact that the series since its inception has been there to be like, Hey, your dudes from the original game, you can have them in seven games from now. I didn't but even like, know realistically, that. I didn't even know yeah. that you could do that. That's, that sounds great. It's a very cool feature, but yeah. like realistically there was going to be a point where it was too much. So there's a lot of different speculation now. It's like, what could they add it down the line? People think they should delay the game because they think it doesn't look as good as it could and that was game freaks excuse they were like hey we wanted to make it look better so that way we we can't put as much effort into getting everybody in because we want to make the ones that are in look better so there's a controversy there i'm still excited for it though because personally i don't transfer from gen to gen i used to but not anymore oh okay i see i see and i really got back into pokemon with gen 7 sun and moon and with sun and moon like four out of the six Pokemon on my team in that entire game were Pokemon that were new to the generation. Hmm. So we haven't really seen many of the new Pokemon yet. We saw that Corgi with the, like the lightning butt, which is a thousand percent on my team. And <laughs> we know the starters. So I'm looking forward to exploring this region. I think it's the best looking Pokemon game I've seen so far. I'm excited for that Breath of the Wild-esque area that is in the map. Right. And the multiplayer stuff about, like, the raid battles has me excited. So I think there's still a lot to be excited about for Pokemon Sword and Shield. There's just a little bit of a 
a little damp towel over it right now by the people who are upset that you can't have every Pokemon in the game. So, like, I understand where they're coming from because yeah. of the history of the series. But, yeah, like, it's, yeah, yeah, it's I tough. see. I see, I see. Interesting, yeah, interesting. But, uh, yeah, because I've, I've never been in the Pokemon, admittedly. Like, I, you know, like, probably the game I've played the most Pokemon is Pokemon Go. Yeah. Actually, summer 2016, you know? But, uh, so, I don't know if I'll get Pokemon. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think this is going to be a good one to hop in on because, honestly, any generation is a good one to hop in on. Yeah. But this is the first console one. You're taking some new chances with things. They've done a lot to streamline the annoying parts of the old games over the last few. So, I feel like now is as good a time as ever to jump in. Hmm. We'll and I do think it's going to be a good game. Like, outside of the controversy, I think that what I've seen has me very hopeful. Okay. Okay. I see. I see. I see. I thought what I was, is your next one? My next one here is no surprise. It's no secret. You know, me, I've been playing through this series this summer, you know, getting prepped up, played the first one, the second, a little thing called the pre-sequel, you know. Uh, we talked a lot about the pre-show, but I'm playing through a episodic story version of this game you know that tells a little bit more lore and stuff like that uh beyond the events of the second iteration of this game and we're talking about borderlands you know what i'm saying borderlands 3 there's something and especially looking back on playing through these games i'm like i love borderlands like i don't i i, I love it i love it i love the sounds i love it is it is very much like a similar love when I like see anything Borderlands related to like a Star Wars love I have, where like if I hear something like from Star Wars, like I'm just like, oh, like I know where that's from, I know exactly what it is, you know, and I just just eat it up. You know what I'm saying? Similar, I won't say the same. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not gonna sit here and say it's a similar love, but it's a it is a love that reminds me of my love for Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? I love Borderlands, so I cannot. I just and everything I've seen about it, it's looking to be great. You know what the way they're talking about it. Seems to be good. You know, they uh, they talk a lot about how, like, they don't necessarily, like, want to line up Borderlands 3 to be, like, the modern-day Luru shooter, you know? How, I, because, uh, you know, Borderlands did start that genre, not specifically, I don't think, but in a big way, like, Borderlands was, is looked at as, like, the kind of, like, starting point of, like, the Lure Shrew genre, you know, as of right now, you know what I'm saying? Like when the original came out. So like, I like how they are talking about how, like we're not going to necessarily emulate modern day, uh, Lure Shooters, but we are still going to double down on what makes Borderlands Borderlands. And so that is a question of, is it still going to hold up? But me playing through the first one, I still love it to this day. Just played through it. I still enjoyed my time with it. You know, the second one loved it. You know, I'd say second one's probably a little bit better than the first one, honestly. Pre-sequel, eh, it's all right. You know, pre-sequel's not that hot, but it's all right. You know, Tales I'm loving, Mimics of Lore and stuff like that. But uh, I'm just really excited for Borderlands 3. I just cannot wait for it, you know. Because it's definitely one of those games for me that I can just pop on the podcast, get some side missions, and just grind it out, you know, and just have fun with it, you know. So, I cannot wait. Give me, give me more of that Borderlands 3. Give me more of it. So... All right, next up. <laughs> you guys didn't know, you know, it's Christian's game of the year. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm, a, like, I'm, a, I'm a very good predictor at Christian's game of the year. You know what I'm saying? So, you know. Borderlands is just something that, like, I just don't know how to feel about sometimes. You're just a hater, and, like, it's fine. It's fine. It, no, because okay. I, I think 
<laughs> there's merit to some of the stuff Borderlands does. Like it did pioneer that genre for all intents, like essentially. Um, I think that Tales is excellent. Tales is a fantastic game, and I think Telltale handled that property in the best way I have seen that property be handled as far as writing and characters go. Where I only played Borderlands 2, and I never finished it, but there were elements of it that were grating on me. A lot of it came down to the way that it was written. And I think if Borderlands 3 can take an approach to the way they write it, which is more in line with Tales, which is like situational, and it's more referencing like what's going on in the game and everything like that, rather than focusing on being like, well, we're wacky and zany and dubstep. Like, What's wrong I, with you? You know what? It's fine. No, because I, I think there's <laughs> no, a genuine discussion to be yeah, had about it, like how Borderlands 2 holds up because of they wanted to capitalize on like the birth of internet memes. Right. Like that's what so much of the writing is in that game. Where I think Borderlands 3, from what I've seen, looks like it's doing some really cool things with like moving the gameplay forward as far as what you can do in that game and what that series ha- is as a formula and where it would exist in 2019. Right. But there's just so many other things around Borderlands that just make me cringe, like, care less, not necessarily cringe. It's just like the way that like Randy Pitchford is associated with it is just strange to me. Cause I feel like he doesn't do anything for the game, Pitchford. but it's like all over it. And he has that weird persona around him. That's really gross. Yeah, no, he has, he's a whole other thing. You know, like I don't, yeah. I don't quite understand him. And like, I, I totally may. get, I totally get why so many people like Borderlands, but it just never sur- like really clicked with me. Outside of, yeah, this is fun and it's fun to listen to a podcast when I'm living in this world. But yeah, if if three takes some writing cues from Telltale, which I don't think it will, I hope and- it does though. Right, that'd be great. Because yeah. Tales is Tales genuinely is... a very cool story in that world. I it am... made me care yeah. about the corporations and the characters in that world. I'm on episode two. I'm I'm in love with it. But yeah, yeah. And like, I played Zero in Borderlands Two. Mm. Tales made me care more about Zero than anything in Borderlands Two did. Mm. So like, there's mm. that kind of thing. It's like it's it's just a lot for me with Borderlands. But I, I if three's cool, I might check it out. You know, like I'm I'm not super against it. Like I was Anthem, for example. Listen, we don't talk about Anthem here anymore. Okay, we're gonna right. Well, on. like I'm more <laughs> I'm more likely to check out Borderlands three pre-launch than I ever was with Anthem. Right, right, right. I so, see, I see, I see. I just think there's a lot of things that could prevent me from enjoying myself with Borderlands three. I see, I see. You're you're um, a hater. Moving on. <laughs> Next up, though, is uh, something that. Similar to what you were talking about with listening to podcasts and just having a good time going through this world, the follow-up to one of my favorite games of 2017, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Ah, I see. Number eight. I see. Ghost Recon Breakpoint looks to be just prettier and more in-depth Wildlands, and that's just all I need. Because... With Ghost Recon Wildlands, 
I think Ubisoft made one of their best open world experiences where sure there was not a lot of like diversity in what you could do in the world as far as what your objectives were but the way you went about them you had a lot of choice and freedom so seeing the added elements they're putting in here about like super stealth camo using the environment uh the injuries and the dynamics you have with your team as far as healing and working together and organizing strikes just that loop in general of going to a base that like thematically is really cool because it's just some crazy billionaire who's funding this island yeah. of death <clears throat> going to a base scoping it out taking like 40 minutes to just clear it super stealthily getting that last kill and then getting that little check mark perfectly silent is one of the best feelings i've ever had in a game this generation and just having more of that in the way it looks now and i think having this fantasy setting as far as i mean when i say fantasy i mean the island is a fictional island it gives them a lot of freedom where i thought the first map was all right because like there was a snow environment there was a desert environment there was some marshland but this gives them more room to really have some fun with the playground they're giving right right i see i see i see I see. Yeah, that I mean, like the the way you talk about Wildlands is similar to how like I feel about Division. You know, mm-hmm. like I I love, especially you know, especially Division Two, Division One. I was I liked, but I just never finished it. You know, for whatever reason. But uh, uh, Division Two, I loved just for that. For, you know, just going in, I scope out there. You know, I do a mission. It's it's all just like checkmark satisfying Ubisoft type style of you know mission. So I definitely feel you on that i feel that but uh no go ahead. it's also just a great co-op experience like i played through wildlands with a buddy and i had a blast mm. um with breakpoint seeing the added things they're talking about for multiplayer and really hammering down on what worked super well with the choice and flexibility for how you approach different scenarios right just is making me so excited because I think the reason Division never clicked with me is just the like suspension of disbelief with the aspect of gear with numbers assigned to it. But like, if I have a Magnum, it's a Magnum, you know? I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I think Division, the other thing with Division is I think it has a really cool world mm-hmm. and that concept is interesting. But the traversal around the world just seems very sluggish to me personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where Wildlands is like, sure, hop in that helicopter and skydive onto the top of that mansion and then just like pull your drone out, do that, jump off the roof and hop on your bike and then get out of there. So right, like, right, right. I see, I see. I see what you mean. It's it's just lends itself to being a better co-op experience and for me. And they're also adding a raid. So that's mm. going to be cool to see how mm. they tackle that. Mm. I so I can't see. wait for it. My next game, I know you are also anticipating. I don't know how I don't know what your what your level is. I don't know, you know, how how what's on the thermometer, if you will, you know, of your hypeness. But uh Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. You know what I'm saying? I know we both had conversations before we saw the E three unveiling of it uh being a little shaky. They had a weird uh, official reveal of the game being a thing at last year's E3 where he was literally in the crowd 
and Andrew Renee was like, hey, tell me about your game. And, like, there wasn't any assets shown in the game, whatever. Uh, so, you know, weird introduction to this game. But I think, based off what we've seen this E3, I feel like it has made up for it as a whole. You know, probably not 100%, but I feel like it's been made up. You know, I am liking what I'm seeing here with uh, Jedi Fallen Order. I like the ties to Rogue One with, uh, oh my god, his name. Uh, Saw Gerrera? Saw, I almost said Saw something, but yeah, like Saw, Saw Gerrera. You know, I'm I'm liking the ties there. I'm liking the connections, you know. I'm like how, uh, I like how we are seeing firsthand the enslavement of the Wookiees, you know what I'm saying, and seeing how that all unfolds, which hasn't really explored that much in Star Wars, as far as I'm aware. Probably in the comics, but uh, you know what I'm saying. You know, like probably in some side shoots, but, but like generally speaking in a, in a granular scale, I feel like we're going to see a lot more of that, which is cool. A unique angle to it. Um, and and also a territory in the realm of the mainline story having a take place between 3 and 4. That's an interesting area. It's a big like transition point, I feel. You know, like a lot of changes happen in the universe to that uh, in that frame. I just can't wait to play it, you know. It's looking really yeah. cool. I'm liking it. The combat's looking nice, you know. So... I think when we did that first anticipated podcast earlier in January, yeah, I think Jedi Fallen Order didn't make my list. Mm. I think it was an honorable mention because I was worried, like it was EA at the time, and even since then, like Anthem happened, but <laughs> True. specifically with Respawn, uh, Apex happened, and while Apex is like sort of fizzled out as far as being the hotness, right? I think they have a great potential and great talent at respawn for making cool stories and characters but i think the uh like the little notes they've established so far with sort of painting the picture of what the world looks like in this game uh-huh. outside of combat that's the most interesting thing i've seen because i still think like i think the character that they've given us cal kestis yeah has potential to be cool, but they haven't given me, given me like a reason to care about him yet. Right. Um, and I'm sure that's gonna come naturally in the game, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there there isn't much tying me to the story yet, but like knowing that world, knowing what's going on in that time period, like you said, already heightens the investment a little bit. Um, <clears throat> since the E3 reveal, and this was actually rumored before E3, the um the format of the game is going to be similar to something like a ratchet and clank mm-hmm. where you have all these different planets you can go to and you can freely get through there similar to like a metroidvania yeah there's elements of exploration that are tied to abilities or right, right. gadgets or weapons or story progress where exploration is encouraged but you could totally just mainline through that thing without having to backtrack or delve deeper into what they've given you yeah 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 so that like those reasons has me interested but they haven't shown me enough of that yet to get like super hyped for that right hearing that that's in the game though is making me feel better about it um i've been numbering mine it was number six for me okay okay so not quite the top five, but I'm really looking forward to being able to get into that game. And I'm really hoping, as far as walking away with it, I just I enjoy it the same way I enjoyed Spider-Man. That's mm. all I'm asking. Okay. I think I think that's a reasonable 
I think I think that'll be hit for the most part. I hope so. Unless something tragic happens, like you know. I mean, man, that combat, know. that parrying, like if it's even close to how Sekiro feels, that's already gonna bump it up close to it, <laughs> how I mean, good swinging feels in Spider Man or something it, like that. It looks really fun. It looks yeah. really fun to play. So I guess we'll see in November. But what is is this your last game in your top five? I don't even know. Is it? So I've been going ten to. 10 down ah, i'm i'm going up interesting okay but you're on you're on you're number five no so i did um i'm an idiot sorry my bad so i did 10 <laughs> 9 8 and we just talked about my six mm. my seventh though was uh let me just mention three interesting i'm I, not i'm not at all in, i'm not at all grabbed by this game but let me know what you think let me know luigi's mansion is one of my favorite nintendo games it's one of the best games on GameCube. Um, it was the first... I say this a lot because I think it's just funny because it's accurate. Um, it's the best Resident Evil game I've ever played because it's essentially that Resident Evil formula of you have a mansion, you go through rooms, you fight enemies, you clear out the room, you get an item that helps you unlock somewhere else in the mansion, and just the progression works like that tone but with luigi's mansion 3 it looks like more of that just blown up on a way bigger scale because you're in like a i think 17 or 13 story hotel right and i was worried about luigi's mansion 3 because i never played 2 but from what i heard of 2 people liked it but it was like mission based and it wasn't one area you were just chipping away at it was like a bunch of different areas where it was like oh do this mission in this one, do this mission in this one. And it was like less focused and more spread out. But this is like recentering on what made the first one great. And it just has a great vibes and it's very fun. And it's cool being a ghostbuster in that Mario world. So, okay. Okay. I'm excited for it. Do we know if there is a ninth floor in said hotel? Cause I know, I don't know if this is everywhere, but I feel like I've seen a lot of times like, when they go to a big hotel, there's no ninth floor. No, sorry, 13th floor. Excuse me, 13th floor. I mean, I imagine since it's a spooky game, there's going to be a 13th floor. Ah. You know? You see, I am I am very slow this Monday. I What is wrong with me? I said birth. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. All right, my uh, next game here also falls in line with the similar spooky vibes. You know what I'm saying? So is this like, six for you? Uh... Yes, I think that. Mm-hmm. So one this was Wolfenstein. This is the you talked about. Yeah, one Wolfenstein, two Borderlands, three, three Call of Duty Modern Warfare, four Jedi Fallen Order, then five Change. Five, what I'm talking about right now, which I just said the first word, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, E3 2018 Ubisoft Spooky. No, wait, what was that? Was that Bethesda's? Bethesda. I'm relating to the Ghostwire Tokyo reveal, where the creative director was like spooky. You know what I'm saying? I suck. Anyway, so uh, spooky vibes, Stranger Things for the switch okay you feel me 8-bit i love the world of stranger things i love the show a very very good show i'm liking how the game looks 8-bit beat them up it's i think it's telling the story of the entire season so i feel like i'm gonna probably want to watch and binge Stranger things first and then play the game yeah that's what i'm gonna do which i'm hoping i'll have uh you know ample time to just burn through that series you know, I just get through season three. 
Uh, so we will work on that when it comes out later this week, July 4th on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, it's looking really good. It's $20, so I'm expecting it to be kind of like what, like a six, seven hour, you know, probably even less than that. I don't even know. You know, I can it see might four be, to six. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a very just, uh, you know, truncated type of, uh, you know, experience. So I'm hype. Mm-hmm. I'm, I really, and this was revealed last E3. Right? No, Game Awards, actually, I think. Game Awards? Yes, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was Game Awards. And, like, uh, this is kind of scratching that would have, should have, could have uh, been Telltale Stranger Things game, you know? Right. To, to a degree, RIP. Probably will never see that, unfortunately. But uh, at least we have this, you know? So I'm excited for that. And the way the game is, it is definitely checks off all the boxes of a, of a, of a Kevin Diaz Switch-ass game. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, it should be good. It should be good. We'll see. We'll see. Um, well, like I said, my number six was Jedi Fall, Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. But my number five, mm. interesting you say Switch game. That mm. just screams Switch game. I don't know if this is coming to other platforms. I'm check. sure it will at some point. But Creature in the Well. I have heard. Wait, I think from you. Actually. Yeah, I, I brought it up around on our e3 episode actually it wasn't one of my takeaways but it impressed me more than i did when it got revealed right so just talk so about platforms real quick uh it's coming to switch windows pc and xbox one okay so maybe ps4 at a later date yeah um creature in the well looks cool because it is a dungeon crawler in the style of a zelda i guess where combat is you as a robot you got like some sword or some pipe or something and you have these energy balls and you like toss the ball up and you swing your stick whatever you have as a weapon at it and the ball ricochets off of things in the room and as it continues to bounce it builds up more strength and more points and you're essentially playing pinball for combat to Mm. make your way through these dungeons and it has a very interesting art style. It's not minimalist, but it's not cell shaded either. It's like a, some weird ground between there. I like how it looks. I like the shadows and just the idea of playing pinball in a way that it's not like locked into a cabinet like a normal pinball game, but like having to worry about um, the element of the ball in terms of how I'm making my way through these puzzles and these enemies in these dungeons is something interesting that I haven't seen done in another game before. Mm -hmm. And I just think it has a lot of potential to be a cool dungeon crawler game. Hmm. Hmm. I see. I see. I'm intrigued. And I think as of right now, it's only listed for summer 2019. I don't think it's a firm date yet. Yeah. It just there. Yeah. There isn't a release date. It just says uh, 2019, you know, so I assume it's coming out soon. But uh, my next one here, so this is going to now go into the realm of we don't have a date for any of these. Well, we have a date for some of them, but uh, some of them we don't have dates for, but we know they're coming out, right? My first one is Ghost of Tsushima. Now, I wasn't completely wowed at the gameplay that we saw last E3 right it was but, very pretty 
yeah it was very pretty it was very very nice looking i like you know the overall environment looks beautiful you know um but i wasn't wowed at the gameplay of that game at least how it looked obviously we haven't gotten hands on but uh you know it it looks a little rough right but i am hoping that sucker punch can pull it together you know i trust that studio you know what i'm saying and uh i think i think it'll be okay but i do stand a little bit worried even though i am anticipating the game you know and really you know the only anticipation factor i have you know to have any uh that that i'm standing on is the fact that it's made by sucker punch which i love the studio and Me that too. yeah and great that game. yeah great great games but um i don't know you know i think i think we both share that opinion where like we both are kind of like lukewarm on ghost of tsushima even after seeing it you know i think that reveal trailer was like close to being a 10 out of 10 reveal for a game Mm -hmm. i thought that was such a good trailer yeah and the follow-up gameplay segment from e3 i was like okay i kind of get what this game is now like i understand what we're doing uh very narrative based which hey sign me up for i love those kinds of games but yeah, I think um, it was a strange demo because they focused on combat. And I remember talking about this with you last year around E3. Uh, I was kind of like Ghost of Who because <laughs> Sekiro, that was the same time Sekiro got revealed. And seeing that uh, like visual style or that um, genre, I guess. Yeah being tackled by from software who i think makes incredible combat mechanics in video games as opposed to something that's more like arkham inspired combat i guess as far as like the closest comparison i can make right now mm-hmm. um it was like a strange comparison right but right i'm interested to see how ghost progresses over the next few months or years because uh, again, we don't know when it's coming out, but I, I hope it's cool. I hope it's good, and I hope it has just a really good, good story. Because I miss having a sucker punch games. I feel like we used to get them pretty frequently, and now we don't. It's really sad. It's upset. Well, I mean, you know, as long as Ghost is a good game, you know, you can't really complain, you know. But well, well yeah, so, no, I yeah, just yeah. mean like it's been a while since I've been able to tackle a sucker punch. Right. Because like, what? Uh, Second Son was twenty fourteen. And then First Light was probably 2015, but it could have been the same year. I know Second Son was out spring of 2014. It was like March or April-ish area, you know, in the first six months of PS4. But not mm-hmm. sure when First Light came out, but that was the last thing we've gotten from Sucker Punch, you know. Yeah, but, so it's been a while. I'm sure they're doing hard work, but I'm looking forward to getting my hands on it. Interesting how we have a uh, chat here. That's hoping for some Last of Us 2 info. Because that was indeed my other game here. Last of Us Part 2 obviously needs really, like, what else can you say? You know what I'm saying? It's looking great. It's five years after the original Last of Us. We're playing as Ellie primarily. Joel, who knows where he is? We don't know. Seth Rites, what's going on? Who's that Lady in Paris Game 2 trailer? We have a whole show dedicated to this game wrote to part two weekly on playstation source and podcast services shameless plug there uploads every wednesday check out a uh, long discussion about this game but uh i can't wait for it i really can't like out of out of, out of all the games if you're like hey give me 
you you can have one right now, it would be that. They're talking about factions a lot. I can't wait to see what factions are going to be in Last of Us Part 2. I have fallen in love with the mode as of recently in the past like six months. I'm loving it. I love factions. It's such, such a good, such a good multiplayer mode. So uh, that is it. You know, I mean, Part 2, I know you have a bit. Not, you're not down on it. I'm just hesitant. Yeah, I know you're very trepid and hesitant because I will stand by, hey, if, if, if Last of Us was just a one and done game and like that's it and like that's what it was that would have been a satisfying thing you know so i i that we see your point on like you like don't see why the game got a sequel you know but well it's, it's not even that it's like i see why the game got a sequel because there is more you can tell with that world right it's just the direction of things we've seen so far it, it feels like not unnecessary it just feels like they don't have like a message hmm. yet yeah well i mean technically you know from from Druckmann, you know he said that if part one is about love part two is about hate yeah i think it's just hard to convey that yeah and like, and like i know materials yeah yeah i know that's a very yeah with the, with the first last of us it was like it's in the title the world is gone. It's the last people remaining. And you see uh, Joel and Ellie form this very good relationship over the course of the game. And that's what the game's about. So The Last of Us Part 2, again, right now, it just feels like it's kind of aimless. Like, we don't know what we're necessarily doing. I know Ellie said she wants revenge, but, like, is it just a revenge game? Is that what we're going for? If we are, sure, I'll play it, but like the name Last of Us carries so much weight with it that yeah. I think following up and having the the claim of this is the second part of that story is like you really need to prove that the feeling of completion that many people had at the end of the first game is not right because it's not done yet listen and i feel like as of right now they just haven't done that enough or done that in a way that makes me feel like the journey isn't over when ellie says okay right the black right you know right that's you, how i feel about it right now we can bookmark this episode let me tell you something okay if part two is somehow bad and somehow really bad. yeah no i know i know i know but let's say somehow doesn't fulfill what we want out of you know part two like let's just say i think i'll quit gaming i think i'm prepared to say that okay no no i'm not i'll do i'll do something i will i will i will think about it but i'll do something outlandish as i huh? as i do but what is your next game my good sir uh so mine i can do four and three since you just did two and then i we can wrap it up with the final two okay if you want to do that i have th it's fine Okay. I have Wait, three you have more. Three left? I have three left. Okay, so I'll just do number four then. Okay, cool. Number four for me. Um, you mentioned if you could have any game right now, what would it be? Uh, this isn't that, but it's pretty soon, and it's one that I'm really looking forward to, and it's probably the next big PS4 game I'm going to get. Uh, probably. Uh, Control. Mm. Control, similarly to what we talked about with Jedi Fallen Order, and the reason why I love arkham asylum so much it's a 3d 
Metroidvania with an excellent tone that they've established so far. Um, I think Control has this really nice air of like weird corporate sci-fi um, supernatural stuff going on. Yeah. That is something that I really like, but I don't think it really gets capitalized on much in other games. I know TV and film touch on it all the time, mm-hmm. but I've never seen a lot of games really emphasize that. Right. And seeing the premise they've established of you playing as, I think her name's Jesse. She's the head of the federal bureau of control, which already like, yes, yeah, sign me up for that. That like whatever universe that, that we have sounds a federal dope. Bureau of control. That sounds so cool. That sounds dope as hell. <laughs> Again, talking like stranger things. I think that this is like similar vibes. Of, yeah. Like, weird paranormal things. And what they've shown of the game so far looks pretty cool. Like telekinetic abilities, maybe like some dead space vibes. I, I'm just way in for what they've established control to be so far. And I haven't played a game like that in a very long time. And I'm going to be hungry for one by the time control comes out. So I kind of want to stay like not blackout. blackout, but like far away from it at this point. Right. I watched a little bit of the E3 coverage from Keeley, but I think I'm good now because I, like I want to be surprised by I'm sure the several twists and turns that story is going to take. Right, right, right. I'm not I don't know if I'm going to play it. I'm going to say, like, there's a 40% chance I'll play it, mm-hmm. you know? We'll see when we get close, but it's a it's a, it's a a perhaps game. But uh, one that is not a perhaps game for me is uh, Watch Dogs Legion coming out next year. I thought it was going to be in fall. There were yeah, I did too. Very, very odd how it got I, – I, it's very odd. It seemed – because when they said, all right, we're going to take a year off Assassin's Creed, I was like, okay, cool. Like, you'll just put out Watch Dogs. Like, that will be the fall, you know, key mark Ubisoft title. But um, looks like that place is being taken up by Breakpoint, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it won't be Watch Dogs, which is, which is interesting. But nonetheless, Legion, uh, there is technically no main character. There, there kind of is. Uh, the, like, re- you recruit other people, you know. Uh, and there's and they're talking like crazy about how, like, there's 20 storylines in the game and but like it's not just you know the same dialogue and different people say it it's more of just like it's from what they said it's like completely just different ways that that the story could turn out which is cool um and based off what we've seen i was pretty uppy up on watch Dogs legion but i wasn't like insanely you know up up you know because uh, yeah i thought i was gonna be more into it than i was yeah i i really wasn't feeling it as much i was when they kind of showed some gameplay uh, towards like the later half where um you're playing as the female character and you're in that kind of warehouse type deal and you um there was a thing where uh she was like behind cover and she hacked a car and the car propelled forward and killed like three people whatever that's not new to the series but i just thought that was like, a really cool moment in the game um yeah. but yeah i don't know like there's there's there's, there's something off that i can easily see this game not being good I think it's I get what you're saying and I think it's probably because it seems like it's very ambitious right now. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know cuz like it, it was cool having a protagonist, you know, like Aiden Pierce and then like the second one which I, Aiden Pierce I know isn't the greatest protagonist. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that it's uh you know cool to have a uh, have a have a have a story drive <laughs> around the protagonist no matter how off, you know, bad 
He is. But Kevin, this feeling that you have right now. Oh god. This feeling is exactly why if a game tries to sell itself by saying it's a roguelike, immediately my brain shuts off. Right. Because like the way they've talked about the prote- the characters in Watch Dogs Legion is I guess similar to the format of a roguelike where I think there's 20 different personalities and then like the character model and their backgrounds that they give you through text are different based on like a, some form of randomness mm-hmm. where like I can get interested in that where it's like, Hey, I have my 20 that I've found throughout this game. And if one of them dies, I'm going to be bummed because I had an attachment to them. And I remember the moment I got them and they've been with me this whole time. Right. Where something like a roguelike um, doesn't like it has that sort of disconnect that it seems like you have with that aspect of the characters. Yeah. For me. Yeah. So I get I get what you mean, though. Like, I can totally understand having a bit of hesitation for Watch Dogs Legion. Yeah. Because I know you love two, right? Oh, my God. Two is like, God, I love two. It's so under like Marcus as a character was just so good. You know what I'm saying? Like I just love the world they build and like how he relates to the world and how his 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 outlook on San Francisco. You know, it was just so good. You know, so like I I thought it would have been cool because like when we heard that it was gonna be in London, you know, I was like, okay, like that that sounds like a really cool like story that that they could you know with things like Brexit going on. You know, like I feel like it could be a really cool like outlook on that perspective. That's something that. We don't see typically, you know, in Western games and stuff like that. You know, I thought it'd be like a really cool way to portray that if they had like a Watch Dogs 2 esque style where you're following around this person in this world with the CTOS and stuff like that. You know, I thought it would have been really cool, but they're taking this approach, which, you know, like, eh, eh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. But uh, what is your next game, good sir? So, a number three might surprise you. Interesting. Because I kind of surprised myself with how comfortable I was with putting this game here. Hmm. Because I don't know if I'm in day one on this. Okay. I don't know if I'll get to this. Okay. But I do have an excitement inside me for Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. Wow. Wow. This is on your list? Yeah, and it's my number three. Wow! Okay. So, here's where I stand. Where do you stand, good sir? The post-Google Stadia conference Destiny stream thing, Mm -hmm. where they talked about uh, the future of Destiny 2 going free-to-play, really wanting to emphasize on having it be a continuous world you can keep going back to more so than it's ever been. And seeing the direction they have, at least what they presented to everybody, yeah, got me excited and made me really miss the time I've spent in Destiny. Right. Because I'm not a super hardcore Destiny fan. I've racked up like probably 200, maybe 250, 300 hours across one and two mm. on my different characters. But I've never played the raids. I was really into Crucible. I liked... Uh, just doing the pve stuff yeah but having destiny be that game that just feels so good to play and being able to hop into my friends i miss that and shadow keep 
again, like Shadowkeep, I don't know if I'm in day one. I don't even know a ton about Shadowkeep. I know we're going back to the moon. I know Eris Morn is coming back. Yeah. Um, and I still haven't even played Forsaken. I need to do that as well. More, but, I think I think we're in the same like progression in Destiny Two, where we, we we haven't played Forsaken yet. But go ahead. But I have a I have it reinstalled now. It's on my PS4. I I need to buy Forsaken at some point. So if I do end up buying Forsaken over the summer, and I can get through Forsaken with at least one of my guardians, I think I might do Shadowkeep. I need. May I bitch and complain about the process of buying Forsaken? May I? I don't understand I, I it. I don't get it. I, mean, I don't understand it. It's so fucking weird. I don't get it. Like, there, it, it is so... Like, why isn't there just, hey, here is the Forsaken expansion. And then, hey, if you want to do that, be like, hey, you know what? Here is another version, the Forsaken expansion, plus all of the year two content. You know what I'm saying? The uh, other yeah. things that... Why is it that I have one option, and it includes... Uh, the Destiny 2 base game, it includes mm-hmm. the expansions of Curse of Osiris and um, the other one, uh, whatever it was called. You know, those those two that we've we've already done, that I've already purchased. And then Forsaken. And then I think it might come with the year two stuff, but can I just buy Forsaken and the year two stuff? <laughs> like, please? I think minimum you're going to have to spend 40 bucks. Yeah, and like, I'm I'm fine with that. I just don't understand why it's... I don't know. It's very, very, weird. very weird. Yeah. So, Destiny 2. Like, I had a blast with Destiny 2. Again, mm-hmm. I put a couple hundred hours... Probably not a couple hundred. I put, like, maybe close to 200 hours into Destiny 2. Um, and I would love to go back to that world and have fun with that world. Because yeah. I have some good memories with that game. And I would like to continue having more good memories of that game. Yeah, that's that's definitely on my list. And we'll be returning to it at some point. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what is on my list currently? A game that we know we haven't heard a lot of in mm-hmm. a long time, right? But I've been kind of just waiting for it. You know, I've, I've I've had my finger on the heartbeat that is this game, waiting for a pulse uh-huh. that is Biomutant. All right. You know okay. what I'm saying? Uh, I believe by THQ. I believe Avalanche Studios. Yeah. The people behind... There's two different avalanches yeah, in game yeah, development. Yeah. I forget which one is which, but... I think it's made by one of the avalanches as far as... I believe the ones behind Just Cause, that could be completely wrong. But okay. something like that. You know what I'm saying? It looks really cool, at least to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, but we don't have... We didn't see it at all this E3 as far as I'm aware. I believe that may have been... There may have been an event earlier this year because I think I heard some impressions about it not controlling super well. But I, it's it probably got delayed out of 2019. I don't know if there's a date on it. Yeah, there's no date. I, if anything, there's probably a year. Yeah. But we don't know exactly what's coming out. I just think it looks really enticing, you know. Then, yeah, that's just really much it. Like, because like, there isn't a lot that we know about it. We've just seen a few gameplay segments, uh, gameplay segments and stuff like that about it. You know, you are playing as, like, these mutated animals that, you know, you battle them and stuff like that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I uh, I was really into Biomutant when it first got revealed. Yeah, and kind of just fell off my radar because I was like, yeah, take your time, do whatever. So it's it's not what I'm super excited about, and it's not what I think about constantly. But next time they show it, and I hope they blow it up next time they show it. Yeah, 
probably going to decide whether or not I'm into it or not. Right, right. I see. I see. I see. I see. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm a fool, you know, perhaps. What is, is this your last game or your second last game? I got two more. Okay. I have one more. So interesting. Go ahead. Okay. So my number two, it was pretty high on my list last time we did this. Um, not too sure if I'm picking it up day one. Uh, but I definitely want to get to it this year. The Outer Worlds. Mm. Interesting. I've talked about this game a handful of times at this point. Indeed. Um, I don't know how frequently they're updating people on this game. I don't know if they're posting like YouTube videos all the time about what you can do in the game. All I know is from the Game Informer coverage and what we saw at E3. This game can fill the void of Mass Effect in my heart. It can fill the void of there being no Cowboy Bebop game. It could be very cool. It could be a fun romp through space. And I think it's just going to be a good time. Uh, They've made it very clear that this is not an expansive, endless open world game like a Fallout or a Skyrim. But they want you to be able to play it over and over again with different approaches and those experiences make the game diverse enough where you can get the same enjoyment out of it it's just playing through the story in different ways which i think is interesting and being honest i prefer something like that as opposed to a game that i would reach credits in after 150 hours right so outer worlds looks like it could have a lot of potential to be fun i think there's a lot in there that's going to make it maybe feel like a last gen game but like in a good way yeah yeah of as far as something that like the type of games that we don't really get anymore but obsidian does a great does great work i've liked what i've played from them and i'm looking forward to having this weird wacky space game it looks it looks like it has a lot of flavor to it you know like a mm-hmm. lot of like personality but uh definitely for sure another game that has a lot of spice personality if you will you know a charm one might say good old animal crossing you know what i'm saying i i envision the future if i may christian ow i hit my leg on the desk i envision the future right i work a long day perhaps school video work here at the at, at the old desk perhaps it's serving at my job you know i come home Get a glass of wine, perhaps play some smooth jazz in the background, a candle, you know, pop open my Joy-Cons, pop them in my Switch, and just play Animal Crossing until I go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Paying off my dues, paying off my debts, fishing, harvesting fruits, you know what I'm saying? Talking to the folk, you know? That's what I want to do, you know? That is is why I love Animal Crossing, and I cannot Mm -hmm. wait to have it on the Switch. That is that is that that is it, that is the T, you know. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Animal Crossing. I love New Leaf. Um, mm. I've purposefully not bought Stardew Valley because I'm just waiting for Animal Crossing. I don't want to burn out on Stardew because it's like similar kind of setup. Right. Uh, what I am looking forward to, as far as like the uh, the bandage to stop my Animal Crossing heart from bleeding is um dragon quest builders too because mm. i feel like it's going to be different enough where you have the building mechanic and the questing mechanic 
on top of the thing of like you have villagers that you have to do things for and you have your own town that you build. Uh-huh. So I'm looking forward to that because that's going to make of... up for the fact that it got pushed out of 2019. Very upsetting, but yeah, I feel you. Um, I feel that. But yeah, Animal Crossing, I've been waiting for for a very long time and I can't wait to play it. Absolutely. Funny how, funny how Beyond Good and Evil 2 got not mentioned. Kevin hey, I mean, like, they made it clear before you threw they're like, hey, we're not bringing it this year. That's true. That's true. So. What are your last two, if not your last game, on your list, sir? Because I have exhausted myself. This is games. my last game. Okay. Beautiful. Do you have a guess? Can you can you run me through your list one more time? Oh, I deleted them all. Let's see if I can That's hilarious. It. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. okay. Is this game officially announced? Yes. Okay. Is it... I, is this is this Cyberpunk? No, all my games have been for 2019. Oh, okay, okay, huh? Okay, so this is a 2019 game. I'm not gonna look at the list of games that are coming out this year. I I don't want to cheat. So let's just let's just hmm. Huh. Is I'll it? I'll tell you what I said. I said Darksiders Genesis. Okay. Uh, this isn't in the right order because I deleted the order. Right. right. Uh, Darksiders Genesis. Ghost Recon Breakpoint, okay. Luigi's Mansion 3, uh-huh. Pokemon Sword and Shield, Jedi Fallen Order, um, Creature in the Well, mm-hmm. uh, Outer Worlds, Destiny 2, and Control. And it's for sure coming out 2019. Um, is it coming to the PlayStation 4? Yes. Is it a AAA game or is it an indie game? AAA. AAA. Was it seen at E3? No. It was not E3 this year. Huh. Wow. Wait, is it is it really dumb easy? And I'm going to feel like an idiot after you say it. Kevin, what channel do we work for? PlayStation Sword. Oh, my God. I'm such an idiot. God. Why am I so stupid? I'm actually an idiot today, if I may. Like, I'm... I intentionally did not put this game on there because I'm not going to say I'm, like, hyped for this game. I am going to play it, but I wouldn't say I'm, like, hyped for it. You know, I'm not so really... So, what, what is the name of the game? It is Death Stranding. Yeah, it is. I was going to say, um, what, what, what the game are you talking about? Um, if I could only have one game that I mentioned so far, it's Death Stranding. Really? Okay, okay, okay. Death Stranding, for the same reasons, I'm really excited for Control. I think... You add the Kojima-ness to it. Kojima-ness. I'm going to add yeah, that to Kojima it. has like his weird no, quirks. No, 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 I know. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for this game. I'm very excited for it. And I think that the we've been on a ride with Kojima. Because mm-hmm. uh, it was the whole Konami thing. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, which I think is one of the best mechanically playing one of the best games of the generation uh best third person shooter open world game i played this gen as far as like feel goes i'm not talking like overall package as far as like the moment to moment stuff right feels incredibly tight incredibly good um and then seeing the potential of what we could have had with silent hills and pt mm-hmm. with guillermo del toro and norman Reedus, that being canceled and him being dark for so long, coming out with Death Stranding, an original idea, uh, hugely impressive. Sorry, that's not a, the right way to say that. Uh, very big 
names in the cast, mm-hmm. impressive cast. And just seeing what he does with his imagination set free of the history of Metal Gear. Right. Because Metal Gear is great. Love how crazy weird BS it is. Um, such a great tone of like military espionage with like weird betrayals and stuff like that. Love it to death. But seeing the type of stories he can tell and more specifically the type of characters that he can make. I'm excited to see that let loose and not be tied down to a name outside of Hideo and his actors. I see. I see. So interesting. Yeah, I'm 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 definitely more sold after seeing it in May. Seeing that long eight minute trailer. I'm definitely more sold in it. You know, it just took a while for me to be sold. But now I am sold, you know. Yeah. So. So exciting. And I, I like that it's being very weird with what we're seeing from it so far, because, again, we've talked about this before. I don't like the, It's a tired take to be like, oh, what's it about? It's like the general idea of what he's presenting seems like his themes are like pretty clear, like environment social isolation reconnecting with people and just any type of thing that can connect to those things give me a weird story that's just very metaphorical dealing with those things that is very fun to like sneak around in like sure sign me up right take me on a ride so there we go that's that's my number one dead stranding I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, wait. Uh, hold on. I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. I don't know. Never mind. We're good. All right. We're good. Um, and some of your games were 2020 games, so I just want to give a shout-out to Cyberpunk. That's going to be a great time. Of course. Of course. Um, and speaking of, did you see today that Cyber uh, CD Projekt Red was like, remember how there was that rumor that like they were working on their next AAA game? I did see that. I did see that. And everyone's like, oh, they're working on Witcher 4 now. Nope. They're working on three different cyberpunk games at the same time. Which is interesting. One's yeah. supposed to be like a multiplayer game, and that one's going to be um, something else in the world. Yeah. But I know one of them is rumored to be like a cyberpunk multiplayer component, which is interesting. Yeah. But yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Can't wait for it. Wait for it seems like they're definitely doubling down on cyberpunk you know, for, yeah, the, and I mean, for the next few years. It, it makes sense because they've pretty much only been doing Witcher since as far as I can remember. So yeah. if they want to take a break, do something else, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Before we close out, let's scroll through the chat real quick. Will Sony hold a PSX this year? Not sure. I'd yeah. say I'd say yes, but it's all up in the air, boys. We don't know what's going on. We don't know, but I, I would say yes. Yes. It. So I think go with me. Okay. We're going to get one more state of play in the summer. Maybe August. Okay. Maybe highlight a couple games coming out this fall that have like marketing deals with PlayStation, like mm. Iceborne, um, give another Death Stranding show or something. Maybe. In, oh, wait, no, not Destiny 2. Never mind. Go ahead. COD. COD has the marketing deal. Yeah, right? COD does. Yeah. Maybe that's when we get our gameplay reveal. So we have one more state of play this year. Silence until November. Death Stranding comes out. It's like, all right, see you next year. December, the weekend of the Game Awards. Hey, PlayStation's inviting you 
to talk about the future of PlayStation. We have a PSX. It is only about the PS5 and gameplay demos for The Last of Us Part Two. When is that? PSX is. When is PSX? December. No. Well, no, no. I mean, like, I mean, like, I'm, I, I like the idea of a PSX. Mm-hmm. Obviously. But I just don't. It's so. I just don't see them being quiet on part two for actually a year and a half. I totally can. Really? Think of how many times they showed Days Gone and God of War and how big that backfired on them. Like, God of War ended up being all right, but look at what did Days Gone. And we, like, man, they, for as good as their exclusives were this generation, they really showed a lot of things way too early. And I think The Last of Us Part Two, as cool as that announcement was, was way too early. A, another big one, Spider-Man. Yeah, because Spider Man they just showed to they death. Showed a it ended lot. up hurting my enjoyment of yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. If mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the E three so, right 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 before of that game release, E three twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. When they when they showed that, that was too far. Absolutely. Yeah. Bump up everything they've shown of Last of Us one year, and I think would be fine, and it would be completely on track. It's just they they did it. They did that first initial reveal that was just in engine way too early. And they're waiting now. They're holding it because they want to show when it's ready. Rumors of the delay. I can't imagine they're going to show the delay until they're ready to announce it. They're, I can't imagine they're going to show gameplay or give an update until they announce a date. Yeah. I also agree. And I think the best way to do that would probably be in tandem with a next-gen announcement. If but that game is going to be the cross-gen game. I feel like they're going to just kind of do a reflection of the day with ps4 where they had a specific hardware event in february february 20th i believe specifically you know of 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 2013 like hey here's the console uh, that, that, that this is what it looks like out this fall out in november you know i just feel I, like I, that's I, what they would do but but then again bringing ps5 news to psx would blow it up and make it the biggest deal and even though psx is a big deal Regardless of whether PFI is there or not, you know what I'm saying? But um, I could see either way, honestly. I feel like I'm more leaning towards like its own separate conference in February. But then again, I'm just a Joe Schmo. I don't know. Here's why I'm not. Because this generation, Sony carved out the winter December for them. Right. Like, we expect PlayStation News in December now. Right. When the PS4 got revealed, we didn't. We just we're ready for E3 and that was when we got our PlayStation news unless it was a random day. That's true. That's true. So February and December might as well be the same month, man. Like (laughs) seriously though, if you're launching a console in like say September, November, right? September to November, getting two months extra press, I don't think is a bad thing, especially if you can use your high marquee game to one promote the game promote next gen and be like hey uh backwards compatibility big deal for us now and you're only gonna have to buy the last of us once like something like that i feel like is a big news story that they could blow up the internet with right right i so, see i see i think i think we're probably getting a psx i think it's gonna be the ps5 event i think last of us is when we hear about it then and you can watch it live here on playstation source yeah you can absolutely christian oh 
Oh, I was going to ask you. Where can gonna, people find you? I was going to ask you. You can find me down here at the lower third at DK Diaz. Blah, 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 DK Diaz one two three. Follow me on there. Uh, you can uh, uh, know more opinions on how I feel about Tails as I'm playing through that. You can see a already finished and established uh, thread of my friend Pedro. My short, concise thoughts on it. You know, you can see all that and more on my Twitter. As well as you can catch me here on the channel. We have a few videos up for this week as well as, of course, Road to Part 2, the weekly uh, Last of Us show that me and the Starks do. Shout out to him. That will be going up on Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, so look out for that. Look out for a video tomorrow as well. Not sure which one I'm uploading, but stick around. You'll see. You'll see. Very cool. Where can the people find you, Christian? Follow me on Twitter at Chris N. Buckley. Um, been kind of quiet on Twitter recently, just trying to chip away some backlog stuff. Uh, obviously, here every Monday on Cross Circle. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube.com slash JoyClicks, where I have a Marvel podcast that is ending. What? With the review of Spider-Man Far From Home, whenever that gets posted. What? As of right now, that's going to be the end of this run of Excelsior. What? Um, I see. I see. Uh, there are other projects and podcasts in the works mm. for that channel that are similar to Excelsior that I will be talking about later. Mm. But Marvel content isn't going away there because I talk about comics and Ultimate Alliance and stuff like that on there, too. I see. I see. Care about that or Nintendo stuff, whatever. So. Mm. Speaking of podcasts, make sure to go check out the link down below in the description. It'll link you to the Anchor PlayStation Source podcast uh, you know, page where you can go and see and uh, follow the different links down below on that page to you know listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, Google Play, etc. And uh, that is the home a not the home, but another source for our long form content. So that is that is Specifically, Cross Circle Podcast as well as Road to Part 2. You know, th mm. those are the main two shows uh, that will be on there in podcast format right after they upload or stream on the main channel. So, shout out Here. to that. So, that was a, a long one. Indeed. Indeed. Um, I ha we have ideas for what the summer looks like for Cross Circle, so look forward to next week. But, until then. Greatness awaits. See ya. Cheers.